Hello and welcome to Laps and Taps. Today we're going to be talking about combat at Empire. I'm joined today with Neve Agra, aka Chloe. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Tom, aka Uncle Nietzsche. Greetings. Um, my name is Alex, aka within LARP, Otis Prowler. So yeah, we're going to be covering some of the basics of um, combat today, and we may be joined shortly by Tristan, aka Morgan. He's had to run off for emergency, but he should be back with us soon. So, Uncle Nietzsche. Yes. Do you want to take us away? So, yes, I think combat is one of my favourite parts of Empire. I mean, in what hobby and what day of life do you get to just go and wail on someone with a phone weapon and have it be legal and not being dragged off by the police? I think that's a lot of fun. For me, personally, I think it's the most immersive part of Empire as well. Uh, especially when we're queuing up for battle. Everyone's in the nation. The colours are flying. The music's playing. People are off to wave you off to battle. The vibes, they are fantastic. I live for those vibes. You're in your military unit. You're fa- feeling proud. You're going to fight for your nation. What more could you really want from a weekend? Yeah, I absolutely agree. I had no idea that it was going to be so immersive. I had no idea that you were really going to get that adrenaline rush with the fighting. Not as though that it was real, but pretty close. When you're charging in with your group, you feel a great sense of camaraderie. And that really comes through. I mean, it's your—it's been your two's first time E1 this year. You didn't go to E2. How did you find going through the Sentinel Gate for the first time, marching onto that battlefield? Well, that would be—that uh, would be you, Nevagra, really. Um, I only monstered last time. What was it like fighting with the Navar? Uh, it was absolutely. It was—it was so bizarre. I'm getting Chef Kiss was... vibes, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was bizarre, but. It was it was really fun. It was really cool and as stupid as this sounds, like I didn't feel as if I was there playing make believe as such. I honestly felt like I was off into a real battle, like I, I was doing a real justice to something. It, it, yeah, it it was really fun. I had no idea what I was doing half the time, and there were different leaders. And you just mentioned about military units and things. I had no idea about anything. <laughs> I just kind of turned up with a couple of my mates that we met. Fucking going full murder hobo. Yeah, yeah. I was like, at one point I was over in one corner and then I was over in another corner and then I was like, yeah, like there looks like to be a lot of bad guys this way. Let's just go this way. You're like that meme of the gamer. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm doing. All I need, need know I need to do is kill. <laughs> just because you skipped every cutscene and tutorial and you're just ready for action. That is exactly Neve. <laughs> she has pressed B to skip hundreds of times. She had no idea what she was doing. It was just a case of smack as many people as you can without getting smacked yourself. Thank fuck, I don't think you were fighting with the Imperial Orcs. You would have killed so many innocents. Oh, God. I don't think you were. (laughs) You never know. (laughs) No, I definitely will have to monster next time, just so I don't have to, like, worry about dying, because that is one of the main things. You want to let loose and have fun and just go murdery hobo, as we say now. That's, That's apparently a thing. But uh, but I think when you're monstering, because you don't have that worry, it probably is a lot more fun, so... Yeah, well, you didn't go monstering just for the sheer fact that you were borrowing the weapon and the shield, weren't you? You and Alex had the good agreement of, you go fight with the weapon and shield as your character, then he'd do the monstering, so technically Navar got the points back. Yeah, we evened out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know if that's kosher in, in the eyes of 
profound decisions, but it made sense to us. We evened it out. We come as a unit, you and I. Yeah. We are one. So the rule, if if anybody's new to LARP, essentially, is if you fight for your nation in character on one day of battle, then on another day, you're monster, which is essentially you play the enemy within battle. And it's a good way to just kind of even it out. It means that everybody gets a chance to fight against something. It really makes it more immersive if the battles are equally split. You feel like you're facing an equal foe rather than, oh god, we're outnumbering and steamrolling the enemies and barbarians because no one turned up. So, um, Tom, why did you choose to be a, com- a combat character rather than... Well, I was talking with this about this with Morgan in uh, the solo episode, but I did try and mix Mage into Uncle Nietzsche first time around. Unfortunately, Mage didn't t- uh, take off for me first time. I think it was just too many role-playing eggs in one basket to kind of balance being combat-y and mage in the same time. I didn't know where I wanted to put my points. Uh, so from E2, uh, E1 this year, I decided I'll go full-on combat and... Just play it nice and simple, and I absolutely loved it. Uh, didn't have to go to Conclave or go to any meetings. As long as I turned up for my monstering and my military unit, I was fine. Uh, so, a thing I did as well, being in the League, having gone to two different Empire sessions, the first time I went, I went and fought with a mercenary unit... And this time, I went to fought with the National Block, which is the League's main block. So the League can uh, has a thing in its brief where it, the, the cities support a lot of mercenary units. So a lot of players, rather than fighting for the nation as a whole, like every other nation does, split off into independent units and go and fight for the money of other nations, which really makes the League's U, uh, National Block pretty damn small, I think. They said they usually have 20 to 30 in it. But my god, do we pack a punch. We're a nice skirmish unit, so we move fast, we hit hard, we're well drilled, we pack a punch and then we get out of there again. Led by a fantastic general, I think we're worth worth our grain and salt. I think last time I heard we had won 12 of our 13 battles we've been in over that few that past few years. It's pretty impressive. So yeah, combat for me, I picked just because it was nice, simple, I can get in some clank and feel like a goddamn hero. Turns out I'm a coward, but hey-ho, that's something else. <laughs> <laughs> and you do have some pretty impressive clank. Yeah, Brigadine, Forger's Sven, fantastic stuff. Nice. And Chloe, I mean, I don't really think we need to ask you why you wanted to be a combat character, considering you just love killing things as often as you get the chance. I do. Every character I play in anything, they are just absolute horrific criminals. But Which is really ironic because in real life, I'm absolutely not like that. It doesn't even reflect me as a person. <laughs> you know, I'm the type of person that feels guilty for stepping on an ant. <laughs> she says that. She's just a character of unbridled rage. Yeah, exactly. It's just the it's fact just that you can't up. kill things in real life that you have to take it out into roleplay, I reckon. Pretty much. Yeah. Even in D&D, you know, we know Guy came, a druid. She is just the most evil, unhinged person in the world, which is so unlike <laughs> what Druid is. I, I heard they based the Doom games off you, Chloe. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty fair. That's, that's, yeah, rumour could be true. <laughs> just takes off that helmet, it's your face and the Doom guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
And Alex, what made you want to go for combat? Um, well, I was never really all that invested in the idea of combat. I liked the idea of more kind of socialising. I like camping in general, so just being outdoors was a massive plus for me. But um, as I say, I didn't realise how much I would enjoy the combat when I got into it. And I think we mentioned in an earlier episode, Chloe and I had the good fortune of having somebody who came to LARP but was unable to fight give us their shield and weapon. So, and chainmail. And chainmail. Yeah, you got a lot of that in. Yeah, yeah, they were so sweet. A really generous guy. So, um, yeah, luckily we were able to fight. I haven't had the chance to fight with the Navarre yet, our nation, um, but I thoroughly enjoyed monstering. And I think a lot of the stress is off when you're fighting as a monster or as the enemy because you don't have to worry about your character dying. If you die as a monster, um, it's not going to have a big effect or any effect really to the game or to the roleplay. So I was able to just run in I died very soon, uh, ran in to pick one of our generals up from the ground, um, one of the monster generals who was That's severely wounded. That's quite a big move for your first time. It was, it was good fun, but it was also because someone was kind of shouting at me to do it as well, somebody <laughs> else it, who was in Do it, do it now. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I remember running in, um, grabbed him by his arm. I think there's a thing as well where you, you've kind of got to ask for some kind of consent before, obviously just grabbing someone. Um, but they go through that when you first go. You get um, you get battle trained, um, which is quite good. In the introduction. Yeah, uh, yeah, in the introduction. And um, yeah, picked him up, went to just about bring him to a safe zone, and an arrow came flying over this shield wall and got me straight in the chest, and it felt amazing. Obviously, it wouldn't feel as amazing <laughs> in real life. You weirdo. It did. It felt great because it, it felt to me, it probably didn't look as cool as, as my memories hold it, but... It just felt really like a great way to die. I think that's the awesome thing about LARP. That, that when you're not there, your memory kind of wipes out the fact it's all foam and like wipes <laughs> yeah. out the referees and like you are there, you are a hero in an intense battle. That way you're a random mook just getting hit by an arrow, but it still feels completely real. Yeah, absolutely. I entirely agree. And um, yeah, in that weapons training, uh, you they put you through basically... The rules of combat, which is something that we're going to cover today as well. Um, obviously, just so that it stays, it it keeps an order. And it's not just loosely, oh, I got hit a few times, I might go down if I choose to. It means that, to the best of their abilities, um, what are they called, the referees? Uh, just the refs. People like to call them bumblebees due to their uh, a yellow and a black outfits, but I think they like being called referees. Yeah, so to the best of their abilities, the referees are able to um, put some rules in place so that people aren't just getting hit constantly and carrying on fighting. And, you know, the opposite, if someone just gets hit in the arm, they don't feel as though they have to lie, lay down and die for the rest of the game. Yeah, I can't overstate the value of going to the new player combat skirmish to just to learn all the rules, get the calls solidly in your head, and really just experience what combat's like. It, from that test, it was the donut of death they put you in. So it was an intense uh, place to enter. So it's a good chance to find out, oh, combat may not be for me. Oh, well, I can spend the rest of the weekend doing something else. But as I say, I'm probably going to go to the new player skirmish again just to put get their rules right into my head. Because I don't think there's anything more annoying for a player than they've made a call, it's landed on you, and you don't go down or you don't do what the call meant to do. It kind of brings them out of the game. It kind of spoils the rules for everyone else. And it's just less impactful. 
So if you can learn the rules beforehand, I'd say do it. If you can get your calls down and kept in your head, you'll keep everyone happy and have a good time. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think uh, when we go, I'm definitely going to do the... Um, is it the new player skirmish? Is that what yeah, new player skirmish and there's the combat rules as well. Where these yeah. first half an hour, hour or so, they'll sit down and talk you through all the rules and then they'll run you through the rules. Yeah, yeah there's not much of a wait either. You, you kind of get thrown in at the deep end, which is perfectly what you need. Yeah, you guys getting thrown into a donut of death first, like, five minutes of that combat was fantastic. Um, so, Uncle Nietzsche, could you run us through, when you say, like, calls and different types of combat, what what calls are there and what calls would you recommend? So, there is quite a lot of calls to learn. So, first things first, to do calls in combat, you need a skill called Hero. Now, Hero grants you access to a lot of the combat calls, but it also unlocks hero points. So, to do one of the combat calls, you need to expend a hero point. Now, by buying hero, you get two hero points, but you can always buy more. So, if you wanted to buy another hero point, you spend one XP. Then if you wanted one after that, it would cost you two XP. The cost goes up and up and up, so you don't get overpowered. So, the calls we have are Cleave, Impale, Strike Down, and execute. Now there are the main combat calls for dealing various amounts of damage. So, one of the more basic ones, which I believe you can do with uh, most weapons, so sword upwards, is cleave. Now, if a cleave hits you when you are wearing padded armor on your chest, then it instantly knocks you down to zero HP. But if it, it hits you on the arm or leg, you lose the limb. So, if a cleave hits you on your arm, you can no longer use your sword arm if you're holding a sword. I don't know if you have to drop. The, I don't know if you have to drop the sword, but you've got to hold it behind your back so you can't use it. Obviously, that happens with your shield arm as well. Uh, if they hit one of your legs with cleave, however, you just go down to the ground. There is no hopping around, looking silly like the Black Knight. You were. Uh, kind of have to just get down on the ground and crawl around. That's not to say you can't hit people with your swords if you if you still got your arms, but you can't walk. Now, after that, there is Impale. Now, Impale is a particularly nasty, powerful strike. So, if you are hit in any of your limbs with an Impale, it acts the same as Cleave. But if you get hit in the chest and you're in any armour other than heavy armour, then you get knocked down to zero HP and you count as dying. So Impale is a particularly nasty strike and I believe uh, its archery is really popular because if an arrow hits you, that's an instant Impale. You don't need to make the call, you don't need to expend a hero point for the Impale. You hit them with an arrow and you're not in heavy armour, you go down or lose that limb. Unless you get hit in the head, which... That just counts as one hit point, because PD don't really want you uh, hitting people in the head. Safety first. Uh, there is then Strike Down. So if you get hit by Strike Down, you're, you go down to the floor, and not just like kind of fl flimsy around and just get on you, like, bend down. You just need to fully get down, arse on the floor, and then you can get back up again. It's really good for breaking lines and really... Uh, 
annoying a lot of players because can you imagine having to get down on the floor and all your clank then having to get back up whilst people are fighting all around you nuts and then there's execute now execute generally is used by the hero players more than the barbarians but you have to play uh, spend five seconds role playing it but you spend five seconds role playing the execution of another player or barbarian once the execute is carried out, that player is dead. Uh, happens a lot in Barbarians. You can slaughter them to your heart's content. PD, do ask that if you are a Barbarian, please don't execute players unless you've been instructed to. That's someone's character. They want to give them a fair chance. A lot of people have spent so much money on the equipment. So I believe before the battles, PDs uh, come up with special teams that will be able to go around and execute specific players or general players if they've been so told. So those are the main combat calls. Nice. Yeah, the only one I really remember, and I think the one I heard most the off, uh, the most often, was cleave. I think that's because almost any weapon to do it, so you can do cleave with a sword, and it's just great to take off a limb of another player and see them uh, flailing around. Like, would it be sense as cheating, say, if somebody shouted cleave and chopped off your sword-holding arm? Could you then cheekily swap the sword to the other arm and carry on? Or? I think if you've got the arm free, you're obviously not holding a shield and you've just got a sword, then I assume you can. Uh, I'm not a, like a lawyer in the rules and it's only my second time, but I don't see why you couldn't swap the weapon over to that arm. So I think I've prattled on about the calls, uh, or the main combat calls for long enough. We'll probably get on to some of the other calls a bit later on, but Neve, do you want to tell us about your first fighting experience with Navarre? My first fighting experience with Navarre was absolutely insane. Like I mentioned earlier, I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea about ranks, units, movements. I just, I literally just ran in flailing a sword around, hitting what I could <laughs> really. I had no skill or tactic towards it. But it was absolutely sensational to see this group of people, you know, not even just my nation, but to see this whole group of people coming together. We all had different um, different agendas, but we were all working towards the same goal. And it was really cool to see. You had quite a good mix. I can at least remember when I was monstering for your battle, you were with Brass Coast and Dawn. So they must have been quite a a unit to see as well. Yeah, it was really good because a lot of the Brass Coasts were there as healers and, you know, Dawn being Dawn were just all there to take the glory and... <laughs> fucking charge. And just get in the way, really. <laughs> no, joke, I'm kidding, they weren't. But, um, but yeah, we they worked together so well for that battle. I'm not sure how the battles at E2 went, obviously, because oh, we weren't... we weren't there, yeah. Yeah, because we weren't there. So we are primarily talking about E1 this year. But, um, yeah, it, it was really, really cool. Yeah, I, I did you do a lot of the skirmishing like the traditional Navars tend to do, or did you do more line fighting? Um, I did a couple of the skirmish fighting, but then I did do some of the lines. I kind of had a good mix. When we first got in, you know, we when we were waiting to go through the Sentinel Gate, we were told that, you know, the Navar were to go through the woods, clear out the woods, and, and then something, I can't remember what, was happening we, we were to do something else. I was like, right, okay. just yeah. In my head, all I remember was clear out the woods. As a moog, <laughs> I think that's generally the, as much information as you get. You are a grunt in the army. Yeah. 
this is the basic info, go and do this. So um, we had this idea and to get into the woods, we had to go through, go over this bridge and we had to fight our way through this bridge. But it the, the fight on this bridge shouldn't have taken too long, but it ended up lasting the entire battle just purely because people weren't hearing calls, people weren't listening to calls. And the more people came to back it up, the more crowded it got. And then it was just impossible to do anything. And it it just got so crazy that I was like, right, okay, yeah. I'm not helping out here. So I kind of moved away from that. And I stayed, I went to like some of the line fighting in the middle of the field for a while, but I realized what I, where I enjoyed fighting the most was these little skirmish groups that kept coming through on the sideline on the woods. So there was, we had quite a few of the um, Navarchers and quite a few, a couple of Dornish people, but it was just a lot of like Navarre people. We were just stood there holding our ground, chasing these orcs. As they tried to push us, we were just chasing and enclosing them in the woods and then they would retreat again. We kept pushing and then waiting for them and then we just kept pushing more and yeah, it was real fun. I think, yeah, we were playing the Jotun that day, so it was quite a line-hold intensive battle. Do you think that feel like that hindered you a lot as a Navari or I think it did. <laughs> I've kinda of lost what I was gonna say. I was just like, yeah. <laughs> when I was skirmishing as a monster, um, just to get through those shield walls was almost impossible. The general kept shouting, you know, like, go and we'd run into the shield wall and there was nothing that we could do. It was just impermeable. Yeah, I think that comes to my battle, because you monstered when I was uh, playing Uncle Nietzsche on the field. I actually was going to try and find you so that I could kill you myself and um, <laughs> take all of your money. Uh, joke's on you. I leave my money with my uh, lovely housekeeper, Lapita, when I'm not on, <laughs> when I'm on field. Uh, I'm not losing that shit. I'll go to the hospital and kill her then. Oh, poor. Poor, poor Lapita. <laughs> I would never. Well, as a monster, maybe. Who knows? But not as Otis Prowler. Lupita was really helpful. I had a traumatic wound. And and she, she healed me. What is a traumatic wound, exactly? So, on, um, on the battlefield, if the referees feel as if you've role-played something really well... or Someone's if hit you awesomely and yeah. you've reacted fantastically. Yeah, or if they see a hit that just was absolutely sensational, they'll give you... A, what they call a traumatic wound and that's a little card that you once you get it you peel it open because it's just a little little bit of paper you peel it open and it tells you what traumatic wound you've got so the one that i received was i had broken ribs so where uh, you know you go i went down flailing screaming and then a couple of people carried me out to the hospital where they laid me down on the floor and luckily it was a good friend of peter that was there at the hospital to treat me and yet she uh, on on the traumatic wounds card, it tells the people in the hospital how to treat the wound, what you need to do, and you know, luckily for me, it wasn't a permanent one. You know, I was able to be treated, but there are some traumatic wound cards that are fatal. That once you've received this, that is it. You you will be dead by nightfall, and there's no way of curing yourself or saving you. So I was quite lucky that <laughs> I got to live. That would be Trump. Matic, you die first time in your tutorial because you got a traumatic wound. <laughs> that would Shit, be... I didn't even make it to in time in, I'm dead. That would be absolutely brutal. I don't think I would go back if that were the case. I'd be like, right, that's it. I tried LARP, done. <laughs> LARP, did it, mate. Completed. G got the traumatic wound. How was it fighting in that chain mail? I, I lifted that up and it was pretty heavy. So I was really worried about it because, yeah, it, that thing was heavy 
and getting it on and you know for the first few minutes of me having it on i was like right i'm gonna die not even just from being impaled or anything like i'm just gonna die from wearing this thing but i'd say after about five minutes i didn't even really notice it once i was on the battlefield the only thing that really bugged me about it was that because the items of clothing that i had i wasn't really prepared for chainmail so i had a bit of my t-shirt like that had a little button on it that kept catching on the chain mail so I kept like unhooking myself as such but honestly after a few minutes I didn't really notice it was there it was okay mm. actually once I took it off it felt really weird because I was so used to having this extra weight I was like ooh, ooh, like I felt like I'd lost a limb it was <laughs> yeah. it was so weird you could fly yeah hey, it's light as feather yeah yeah I'm going to take this as an opportunity to talk about the different types of armor. Yeah. Three main types of armor, and then you've got mage armor as well. So you start off with light armor. Doesn't tend to be very protective on the battlefield, but it will be a good start. So this is padded cloth, so a gambeson type of a garment or very thin leather. And this will only provide you two extra hit points. So it will give you some protection well, two hits to be exact, but it won't protect you from any of the calls. So you'll be cleaved, impaled, struck down, any of those, if you're in just light armour. Now, medium armour, this tends to be your leather, and uh, this provides three extra hit points and protection from cleave. So if you get cleaved by a pesky, pesky orc, when you're protected by leather, you won't use the, uh, the function of your arm, leg, or get knocked down to zero hit points automatically. Uh, this needs to be three millimeters or thicker. And then my personal favorite, the clank, the heavy armor. This needs to be metal armor or armor that looks like metal. I believe that was made the case this year to make uh, heavy more inclusive to people since... Obviously, not everyone can run around like a suicidal maniac in heavy metal plate. So, as long as you've got good-looking poly armor that looks like metal, you can now wear that, which is a very good call. Uh, this will give you four extra hits. So, very, very good. Can keep you up a bit longer. And protection against cleave and impale. So, heavy armor for me, Chad. I think a lot of people use chain mail for heavy, like you, Chloe, because it's significantly lighter than plate. You don't need the harness. It's cheaper, and it does give you a lot of protection. It's more flexible as well, I think. Yeah, more uh, flexible than plate. But I just like my brigadine. Those plates clanking in the morning just makes me super happy. Now, something I forgot to mention with medium armor they brought in this year... I believe if you go for medium armor, I believe you get an extra hero point, which is very good. And I think if you're wearing heavy armor, you get access to Dreadnought. So that's basically you spend one XP point and you get an extra uh, endurance point. So one extra hit on you. So that's a good cheap way of getting some extra hits in. Now for you magic users, there is also mage armor. So mage armor, you must have the battle, battle mage skill to wear the mage armor. You must cover three, at least three locations. So something I've forgotten to mention about the rest of the armor, I believe they need to l at least 
cover t uh, three major locations on uh, no two major locations on your body uh, to have their function. Uh, unfortunately, though, mage armor does not protect against cleave or impale, but it does give you two extra points, and it does mean you can cast spells in it as well. I don't believe you can cast spells in heavy armor or leather armor. I think it needs to be mage armor specifically. So they're the main armor types. And ho, what's this? Who's entering through the door, clanking away? Is that Sir Tristan joining us? Late as usual, but here for the glory. Hello, everyone. Sorry I'm late. Sorry I'm late. I had really important, glorious business to attend to. Glory, glory, glory. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what you hear. That's actually the sound you hear of Dawn. But glory, 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 glory. You hear, don't you hear the sound of clanking? You hear of just uh, just screams of glory. Glory. <laughs> Usually subtitles on programs just say indistinct chatter. Just for Dornish, it's just glory, glory, glory. Yeah. <laughs> indistinct like, like glory. The like the seagulls from um, Finding Nemo. It's just <laughs> instead of saying mine, it's just glory. Glory, glory, glory. 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 <laughs> um, we suddenly just made that a meme. I feel like it already is a meme somewhere. Dawn is a meme. <laughs> no, rude. I didn't say that. They are the attack of the clones or <laughs> vampire. Um. Did I hear you talk about armor? You did hear me talk about sweet, sweet armor. There's a, I heard, I was talking to, no, it was, it was on the To Have and To Roll podcast. One of them's got some chain mail that I actually looked on the website for it. It's actually supposed to be like tactical day-to-day -day armor. So, was so it ring mail she said that, she had? I, mm, no, because ring mail is something different, I think. I think, it, I could have sworn it was ring Because ring mail is when you have like leather armor with rings on oh, it. Okay. Unless it's called ring mail, but it's like, um... It basically apparently feels like you put a t-shirt on, which would be really good for, again, kind of coming into that whole idea of... I remember listening to that episode. Uh, the gentleman said he has hoodies heavier than that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but then you and I actually were full on. Yeah, seeing you come out of your chain mail doing your little dance and then shimmy to the floor <laughs> bowing and then pulling you out missed, of it. At E2 that you weren't at, I, was, uh, I came out of my... So it was obviously like pretty late spring early summer and i'm wearing my like t-shirt my shirt right my medieval shirt a gamberson which is probably about a third of an inch thick and then chain mail and then my tab i've been running around all day i, I literally my t-shirt was sopping it was like a wet rag it was absolutely ridiculous yeah i have an in character scratty shirt that i destroyed wearing at a festival making it all muddy and so dirty but it makes for a fantastic in character it, it, armor feel, shirt if you wipe the mud off enough you can see it says a uh, uh, radiohead underneath like <laughs> 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 beautiful no this is an actual in character shirt that i destroyed through the wash it's like ah shit i've mixed mud and colors it's so a nice funny. You say you say in character shirt. That could just be one of your shirts. Yeah, that's just that's just a general. Day that's a Tom wear. out of character shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, it's true because you wore chainmail, didn't you? I know yeah. Tom said that, but like, how yeah, was that for, for you? For E one, yeah, we we briefly discussed it. Like to, at the beginning, it was really difficult to get used to. I thought, you know, I was like, I'm not going to be able to move in this. It's really heavy. But after I'd say about five minutes, I. It yeah. was absolutely fine. I'd you forget you're wearing it. Yeah. You just why am I so I, I said the main problem with it was because I had so many layers in the T-shirt that I had that was in direct contact with the chainmail had a little button on it and it kept catching on my chainmail. Yeah, no, my gambleson's the same. It's a and I was like, oh, that's annoying. But that was the only thing. And then after I took it off, it felt really bizarre because I was so used to having that extra weight on. But because it was it was E1, so what was it, April? So we weren't expecting it to be as hot as it was. It was freezing during the night, but during the day it was... Swallowing. 
it was really hot, but it was still quite cold in the morning when we were getting ready for time in. So on that Saturday, I had, I had a vest top, a t-shirt. I had that gray, uh, that green, like chiffony, whatever silk shirt thing, and then I had the chain, and then I had my cloak. So I was absolutely boiling. I had so many layers on that. Oh, I honestly thought I was going to pass out running around on that field. We when we um, like I say when I went because I went when we went in the. Sp- both events, I was wearing this really thick gambeson. And then I was online on the Discord, the unofficial Empire Discord, being like, hi guys, so obviously I'm going to E3. I want to wear a gambeson, but the one I've got, I will die in. I will perish. Um, have you got any recommendations? Apparently, if you want to look for, if you're searching for a gambeson, so like the gambeson's like basically light armor, but you wear it underneath your chain so it doesn't hurt your shoulders and stuff. And they said, if you search arming jacket, you'll get the same thing, but thinner. So I'm picking up an arming jacket from E3, uh, E3 um, and I spoke to it, I got it from Velvet Glove and they make you a custom one with two colours of your choice. It's reversible. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be picking that up because I don't, I, I, my last one was from Mythalon. Really good quality, but I'll, I'll die. I'll, I will perish. I feel like I'm going to die being a stylish leagueishman. It's oh, well, a beautiful a Definitely a But it's black. I'm going to die. Plate. The sun coming down, the black absorbing all the light possible. I'm sure you'll be fine. No how one did you... take down the counter vagabonds. Sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, how did you find wearing the leather in the heat? I found it okay, actually. I didn't mind it much at all. Um, the The only thing was getting it on and off. I had to have you help me with yeah. that, but I think that's the same with, with heavy um, armour. You trying but, to pull the chain off me? I, I think that pulled more of my hair out. Than yeah, you were completely entwined into that chain. <laughs> I think with chain, it's possible to arm yourself. With my brigadine, I need a team of people to put me in it. Just strap everything on and uh, same with his leather. Me hold yeah. it up. You need a battle butler. I do need a battle butler, but I'm a poor man and can't afford That's to hire funny. the leagueish battle butler. Is that such a thing? An actual battle butler in, le- in the league? Who is it that has a battle butler? I believe there are. Unit in the Crimson Reapers who yeah. have the Battle Butler. They have a guy that comes there. It's so funny. A butler on the I field. think it's a whole unit. So you've got people who protect you on the battlefield with their pikes and uh, halberds. And then you've got your butler who serves you juice or water on the battlefield. That's so funny. Water that boys. Life. Yeah. That's so what good. Life. Well, luckily I had you to help me get in and out of my leather armor. I did fall asleep in it once. You did. You did. I had a nap in it. Out. A fully rigid nap. And it was, it was, it was fun. <laughs> I was. I was just like, a... <laughs> what? <laughs> you had a fully rigid nap. A fully rigid nap. That's rigid. the title of this episode. I was, rigid, I was just fully rigid a, a plank. Yeah. Sorry, I think I've just peaked. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the things I've heard said on a lot of podcasts, I believe he said this on to having to roll, that if you get a belt for your chainmail to carry oh, the shit. weight, it's a lifesaver. Oh, yeah, th- yeah. I think that's actually, I've completely forgot I had that belt. I have that elastic belt that just buckles up at the front and that really did help i've got like a hero belt um so my i think i might put on like a kit um build up of mine to see what i wear because it's quite a good guide but like gamson chainmail then my tabard but yeah i had like a hero belt which is like a good six inches seven inches thick belt that you wrap around and tighten it. again it takes all the weight off of your shoulders and put well some of the weight off your shoulder but it's it's crazy how much lighter you feel take the belt off <laughs> like you feel yeah. it all mm. I completely forgot that's probably why I was so fine wearing it I completely forgot I had my belt on that's probably yeah so yeah. if you're gonna go chain mail kids 
get about. Wear a belt. Yeah. So, since you two have, well, Otis and Neve have just experienced your first lop and don't actually own, well, Otis, you own your own armor, but Neve, you don't. What armor do you think you're going to go for? Do you think you're going to go medium, light, heavy? Uh, I'm going to go heavy for sure. I, I really enjoyed having the chain. Chad chain. Yeah. But uh, I, I like the look and the aesthetic of leather. I think that fits a lot better with That's the That's the navab. I think yeah. you can get away if you dirty up your chain mail a bit, add a bit of leather here and there, and maybe add a bit of fake fur or actual fur. You should be able to pull it off. I think as long as you're quick, right? That's all Navar's about is being yeah. very quick. <laughs> get your cardio in. Yeah. So I was, I have been looking at chain mail, but um, I've actually messaged a few people about buying some, but I think just for now, I want to kind of really lock in the look and feel of Navarre before yeah. I develop myself a bit further. So I'm probably going to go for a leather armor. Oh, just nice. there's some really cool leather armors that I saw. There was one dude, his whole, like his whole armor, all of the leather was like little individual leaves. And it was so cute. That's sick as it was, hell. It was absolutely adorable. It looked sick as hell. I didn't even get a chance to speak to him, but like the whole thing, it was there was like some light brown ones, some dark brown ones, and some green ones, and they were all just oh, it looks sick. It looks so cool. That's awesome. So Tristan, since you came charging in here, and I'm not letting you have all the glory without the work, do you want to tell the people about the heroic calls? Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, obviously, naturally, being the most heroic members of the empire will take the hero skill. Ooh, so I guess that's good, good repose, sir. I guess the kind of the the thing with empire and all lab right is that you want to be able to be stuff that you're not and i guess the hero skill allows you to kind of represents like oh i've got a certain amount of heroic energy i'm a great fighter um and is the skill you take to really help you in combat he's your god complex yeah exactly you've got haven't you taken the hero skill oh yeah i think we've all taken the hero (laughs) skill i said that like the two things contradict themselves no of course (laughs) (laughs) i have a huge well neve has a huge god oh yeah neve yeah sure uh Thank God you said God complex. Uh, um, but yeah, so like you take the hero skill. Basically, there's a bunch of different hero skills, but you have to have the hero skill to take them. Yeah, I've covered that point briefly earlier. Yeah. So they can give you... Uh, they give you extra abilities. Um, so you were talking about the calls earlier, I think. I you? was going for the combat slashy calls. Like yeah. Like people with your weapons. Yeah, so they're hero calls, right? So like cleave so basically you when you take the hero skill you get two heroic points that you can spend over the weekend oh no sorry you get two a day um yes. normally unless you use magic items or whatever um you get two you get two to use and then you can use them on any of these skills uh, and then you pick which ones you get based on the xp you've got so cleaving strike is what allows you to do cleave yep. um so you expend a skill point to do that um and then impale so sorry so you spoke about these my mortal blow lets you do impale right right so mortal blow so the calls if you hear them that's how you respond to them but to get them you have to have the heroic skill to be able to do them so just having a pointy stick or a slashy weapon is not enough to do the calls you have to be heroic enough you have to have the heroic skill to do it um so mortal blow and cleaving strike are the ones that allow you to do impale and uh cleave um respectively and then there's a bunch of stipulations on the size of the weapon, uh, what you can do with that. Um, the other one, which is horrendous used in the right situation, is Mighty Strike Down. Yeah, we've and, been through Strike Down. You've got to touch the floor of your arse. But you, and you can't parry it. Nope. Like, if you if someone hits you with Mighty Strike Down, you're... Oh, hang on. Can you parry it? 
If if they hit your shield, you're down. But if they hit your, can you parry mighty strike down? Do you know what? Write in. Let us know. Uh, <laughs> um, but basically, you might strike down. You knock someone to their ass, which is great for breaking up a line, right? If um, someone does strike your ass, uh, strikes you down, please make the best effort to go to the ass. Someone took the effort to strike you down. Yeah, exactly. I've I've heard. I mean, yeah, I've heard quite a few people miss. And they can make or break a shield line so easily. Yeah, especially if you get a good couple. Um, and then there's uh, unstoppable. So unstoppable is so as we've discussed, you have a number of hits. Right. I think Unstoppable is my MVP ability at Empire. Unstoppable, it really depends on the situation, right? So, like, Unstoppable is is you have a number of points, and if you've lost an amount of them, you can use one of your hero points to get some hits back, so you can get three back. I think it's only if you're knocked down to zero that you can use Unstoppable. Is it no, not? No, no. So that Ooh, is one, like a me, sir. That's one of the situations you can do it in. So you can either do it, you can do it at any point. So you can take, you with five seconds of appropriate roleplay, you can give yourself those hits back. So kind of going, come on, come on, I'm unstoppable. Give you you can't take me, Dan. And then, yeah, exactly. And then, but you can also do it if you get knocked to zero with five seconds of appropriate roleplay, you can bring yourself back up to three. The important thing about this is, right, when you're doing unstoppable, think of yourself like Sonic after he's just hit. Uh, an obstacle right or a bad guy and he's flashing for a bit yeah whilst you're doing unstoppable that's you so if you get hit whilst you're doing unstoppable basically it's not doing any damage because by the time you finish your role play irrelevant how many take hits you took whilst doing it you now have three um so you get the hits back you're on three um and then you get, get the fuck out of there i will also stipulate that unstoppable does not heal cleave or venom uh, so if you're cleaved, you'll then have to go on to spend... Is it Relentless to get your yeah, limb back? Just, so that's a good segue. I was just going to say, so the other one, the one I have... So my, I have Relentless and Unstoppable. So Relentless, basically, if you get cleaved or impaled in a limb, uh, doesn't count for the torso, I don't think. Uh, cleave will take you down if No, as not... in, sorry, Relentless doesn't. Oh, oh, no. So if your torso gets cleaved or impaled, Relentless won't help. But if you lose a limb, you, like, role play. So this happened to me. So I was we were fighting the druge and i killed an orc obviously <laughs> i'm walking past this orc and as i go past i go to execute him right get a sword at his throat and i start doing my five seconds of role play to execute he gets his sword and cleaves me in the leg because he's pretending to be dead i was like yeah, fucking god like pure <laughs> like pure rage from me like and then you but then you can use relentless so relentless allows you when you ruin a limb to really for appropriate roleplay get it back so you spend the hero point get it back so i was like like punching my leg to kind of kick it back into gear and then i've it took all my willpower not to actually smack this person (laughs) like with my sword killed them said are you fucking dead now (laughs) executed them ran off to kill someone else Uh, and then as i was coming back the orc just comes up and goes mate i know it was a bit underhanded but i had to do it and i said don't worry it was fine (laughs) um they're the ones that sorry yeah, so the one I had in E1 but got rid of, stay with me. So stay with the the two ones. So they're the kind of relentless and get and um, other one unstoppable. The ones that get you up. Stay with me and get it together. Get other people back up. I save my hero points as cowardly as this sounds, just to spend on he- uh, unstoppable and relentless to keep me fighting. Yeah, I feel like I'm not Morgan isn't a very proficient fighter. Tristan is, so I'm like I need to make sure I have this XP to stay alive. Um, but yeah, uh, stay with me and get together. Basically, you can spend a hero skill, a hero point, and to get someone back up again. So you kind of like the idea is you you go to your ally who's bleeding out. 
you grab him by the scruff and you're like, come on, you don't die here today. Get up, get up, move. You owe me five rings, you bastard. That I feel like that was our two characters right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you get, you get um, back up and you come back on one hit, I think. Uh, yes, one hit. Yeah, so Stay With Me brings you back on one hit. And that's for people that are already down. Get It Together is for people who are not down yet and you can give them three points by just going, like, if they're kind of like freaking out because they've lost hits, you grab them and you're like, come on, get it together, you fucking fool. We've got a fight to win. Get it together. And then they come back on three. I will say, I think Stay With Me, out of all the hero skills, is the one that makes most good role play. You're going out there saving someone's life. That's That can make you a comradeship for life. I believe I got to use it on my general briefly. I don't know if you noticed, but I felt like it was there. Please, general, stay with me. You can't die on us, you bastard. I used it in a very complicated wedding ceremony to get someone back up a couple of times. You beautiful bastard. I will also say, stay with me also doesn't uh, heal you with venom or cleave. So if someone does save you, you will still be cleaved or venomed. Do you mean impaled? Cleave? Uh, no. It doesn't, it doesn't cure you with venom. I was just saying, because cleave, yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean impaled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cleaves and impaled, yeah. Checking. I, ha- I had no idea what skills I actually selected apart from ambidextrous. <laughs> I spent the whole time. I didn't use or do any of this. Neve, if only you listened to Larps and Tarps, we could have helped you through this. Oh, damn. <laughs> damn you, pass me. <laughs> Hindsight. But no, I because I, I honestly had no idea what I was doing when I was creating my character. Um, I've, I'm literally looking right now. So I selected ambidextrous, which I knew that I had done because I knew I wanted to two-hand fight. It's obviously the hero skill, relentless, unstoppable, and extra hero points. That's what I selected. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you spent XP on getting extra hero points and then used none of them. Is that is that's what I'm hearing? Yeah. Well, I knew that because you, Tom, you had told me at the text, you looked at my character sheet and you had said... Oh, you've got, because you're wearing chain as well, you've got seven hit points. I was like, sweet, that's a lot. So I was I don't ju- think you have, is it seven? I think it's six. I thought you, well, you told me seven. Yeah, so I know, I know, you're I know wearing what, chain I, at that point. I know what this was because you told us you have extra hit points, but when you, in fact, had extra hero points. <laughs> I didn't know, did I? No, this <laughs> I didn't is even true. look at my well, yeah, To be fair, it's not like it affected the game because it's not like you fucking used your hero points. So I <laughs> guess it's died. fine. I didn't. You've also still got an XP to spend. Yeah. <laughs> it's just how little. I just, I was like, I just want to hit people. I just want to hit people with swords. I don't know what I'm I would just like to come to this field and do violence, please. Yeah. Thanks. I just want to do all the things that I will get arrested for in the real world. Neve woke up. Neve chose violence. <laughs> Neve always chooses violence. Chloe yeah, I, was, I was just looking. I was like, oh, cool. I have that. I can do that. And <laughs> Just haven't done anything this with is it. so funny. So to add more combat perspective, let's ask Sir Tristan what fighting in Dawn is like. We've had Navarre. Let's go for Dawn. It's really funny actually because I um so I f- in Dawn we fight in groups called lances, which I actually need to understand the history of right because horses aren't really a big thing in in the Empire. So we ride hippos. When were they using lances? The hippo anyway, riders to joust. Yeah. That's fine. Have you seen a hippo? <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that is true. But basically, you find lances, so and they'll all have fairly different roles right on the field. Um, I fight with the winged lions typically. So the winged lions are basically run around cleaning up after the rest of the field. 
So they go kind of go where they needed. So we, for example, E2, we came onto the battlefield. We we're going to be supporting Urizen in the fight. And we came onto the field and we we're marching in. And literally, we ha- we've only just arrived in a, sp- a spiral, I think we were in. And some uh, person dressed in leaves runs up to us and goes, quick, quick, Navani, your help. And we're just kind of like, but we think we needed an Urizen. Um, but we got confirmation from the general. And then to so the wing lines and just fly wherever they needed. So we're like, fly somewhere, kick the shit out of who we need to kick the shit out of, give people breaks, pick people up, help heal, and then run to the other side of the field. Um, so that's how we fight. Um, I, I hear that's different to a lot of Dawn. Um, I hear it's, um, I mean, I was part of a line fight at one point, but a lot of it is kind of charging in to break lines as far as I understand it. But a lot of my stuff has been, I guess, a very different perspective. So I often find myself fighting with non-Dornish. So I, I had an amazing time at E2 fighting with Navarre. It was absolutely incredible. It was so funny. Um, I think my, my highlight of the battle, oh my God, was there was a bunch of Druze, all right, fighting, I think it was High Garden Urizen. And we turn around and we go, I think it's um, one of the uh, generals turns around and goes, right, we need to help them. Wing lions, charge, glory! Starts sprinting forward. And then someone from Urizen turns around and goes, move the fuck out of the way for dawn. And like the parting of the waves, this group moved aside with an open line of druge and the wing lions just boosh. Like, oh, it's fucking beautiful. It was just having here in that moment, move for dawn. Everyone splits and dawn like a hammer drove through everyone. Oh, it was so much fun. And then another point where we were fighting another line. Like, so that was more Dornish, right? We were doing line fighting, getting pretty tired. And then out of the fucking bushes, Dor- uh, Navarre just <laughs> swims in, cleans them up, which I give us a breather. And we're like, oh, great, Navarre here. We're about to leave. And they turn around, no, 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 we're just giving you a break. We're not, we're leaving soon. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's kind of, it was my experience fighting is definitely quite wild. Like there's a lot of running around and chasing stuff. So what I'm getting from you is Dawn isn't a scalpel. Dawn is a fucking sledgehammer. <laughs> Yes. Um, but like I say, I think it's funny. It'd be interesting to see how the rest of Dawn fight. Like I say, I remember the, the someone said to me, the wing lines don't fight like the rest of Dawn, which is a very Dawnish thing to do, uh, which I <laughs> always thought was quite funny. Um, but yeah, amazing time. Absolutely love it. Love just the, the glory charges. So yeah, Tom, what's it like fighting in the league? So I fought uh, through my two E's. I've been to E1 and E1. I have fought very briefly in a mercenary company, and I've also fought in the national block. So briefly explained earlier, the mercenaries get paid to fight for other nations, and the League National Block is the main army of the League. I think it's one of the smallest armies in the League, but hey-ho, I think our uh, nation count goes from like 12 to 4 after we've deducted all the mercenaries, so that's quite fun. So, E1 was quite good. I borrowed some armor from a friend. I looked ridiculous because it was all his barbarian armor. Yeah, you spoke about this. Yeah, I didn't even two, have yeah. a gambeson, so I'm just like metals just strapped onto me. I wore this cape stupidly that got tangled in my arm so I could barely hit with my sword arm. It was a nightmare. But uh, for E1 2019, we were basically the skirmishers. We were going around cleaning up. I just remember we didn't really get much combat that day because the nations just went and steamrolled the Druze. It was an epic victory, but my god, I feel like the battle was over in 20 minutes, half an hour. I kind of felt cheated out of my first battle, but we got a a massive victory, which is always good for the Empire. So, uh, 
E1 this year, I decided to go and fight for the League National Block. So the National Block, I don't get paid for fighting in, but you get your sense of national pride. You're doing your, uh, you're doing your part. I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part. Hooray! Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, fighting for the National Block. So not getting paid, but you're doing it for, for the spirit of the nation. Uh, it was a lot of fun getting to meet a lot of the established uh, characters in the League, marching under our established general. Uh, usually League is a very fast-moving, hard-hitting skirmish force using halberds, pikes, and a few swords and bucklers. Unfortunately, we didn't get to do a lot of the marching around the field, hitting flanks and whatnot uh, in the battle this time, because it was a very much stay-and-hold battle. So, all the armies I were fighting with, I believe Wintermark, Urizen were there. I can't remember if the marchers were or not, but uh, the League, rather than marching around the field fast, flanking and hitting hard, were holding one corner of this battlefield, because the objective was just hold the field as long as I could. It was a lot of fun seeing me in this, uh, well, no one really died, so I can't call it a meat grinder, but this epic shield wall with pikes pointing at us and pikes pointed at the barbarians, and me shoulder to shoulder with these massive shields holding my tiny buckler and my little sword jabbing away, trying to just protect my legs and my flank. It would look ridiculous, but I had a heck of a lot of fun. We did get to do a little bit of pushing in that battle, so... I can tell you what it's like to fight against the League. Ooh, done can that you? That'd be interesting. Horrible. Um, so it, the thing is, you always find the league in small packs. <laughs> it's like a group of a small group of them, and we um, were basically when we were monstering, our tactic was to whirlwind people, like just to spin around as quick as possible. And it was just a little porcupine of just pole arbs just all around. And there's this one guy who is. Um, a fiend with a pole arm. He's your general. General. I don't know if we can name him or not. He's happy for everyone else to name him, but well, I managed to. All I'm going to say is I managed to hit him. I was very happy with that because um, I'm left-handed and they fucking hate left-handers because they're not prepared to fight him. But I managed to hit his arm. I was like, that's good enough for me, and then I left. <laughs> oh no, that's good. Um, but no, he's literally just a small unit full of spikes. Yeah, um, it, it's great. I, I am tempted to get the hellbard. I'm torn between sword and shield. Now shields aren't fashionable in the league or strictly on brief, but the Jolly Jack Doors, we're not a fashionable unit. We're the poor men's group. We just want to be there covering our brothers uh, with the big porcupine helmets and pushing forward and deflecting. Because part, part way through our battle, there was a little part where we had to push forward. We were archers pointing at us. So me mm. and my guildmate, him with his big shield, me with our buckler, were covering uh, arrows moving forward and chasing a, pe a few people off, which was a lot of fun. I felt like I was contributing there. We, um, yeah, no, it was it was uh, crazy to watch, but it's just really they're just really hard to get at. Yeah, didn't you clock me in that battle as well? I no, that was that was the one, the one I was talking about was the one you weren't at. But yeah, I did see you at one point because um, I was being a very <clears throat> I was being a very arsy marcher. I remember seeing you dragged off dying oh, at one point. Dying whilst monstering is the funniest thing because you don't really care, but really having it up is great. I was like, oh no, they got my leg, you fuckers. I'm going to fuck it up. <laughs> and being dragged off the field was beautiful. Uh, honestly, I can't wait for e uh, E3. I'm looking forward to hopefully getting to be in the Marchy Marchy uh, League uh, 
going hitting flanks and mm. fucking shit up. It'd be be a lot actually, fun. it could be actually to fight with you. That'd be really good fun. Yeah, we haven't fought together <laughs> no, yet. I fought with well, I fought with Neve, but I never saw you. Um, yeah, no, I didn't. Yeah. I I did look out for you. Yeah, but uh, it was just too wrapped up in everything. It was else. chaos. Yeah, it was absolute. Um, so I think we've covered most of the things we need to for combat. So. I think the final question is, we're all sword and buckler kind of people at the moment. My final question to you guys is, is there a weapon that you sit on the field that you think, ooh, I might go for that in the future? What really tempts you? I would love a flail. Yeah. Because you can, apparently, so I've heard, you don't have to pull your blows with a flail because it's really squishy. Um, So you can just, because it's just basically, it's like a firm staff, but then the foam itself is really squishy. So you can absolutely pelt people with it, and I think that would be really fun. Um, I don't feel like it fits my character, but I think it'd be a fun thing to play with. Yeah, it's a knight named Tristan the Phallic. Tristan the Phallic. Just waving it back and I'm forth. In- insinuating my phallic actions are soft. How rude. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Neve? What are you interested in combat wise? Uh, combat I... wife? Combat wise. C- combat wife. Yeah. Uh, I would really like to be an archer. But it's just so expensive. Yeah, losing one arrow is such a financial hit. When I was thinking about fighting, I did originally want to be an archer, but since being ambidextrous, having a long sword and a short sword, I just I absolutely love it. That that's a hundred percent the way I'm gonna go. I I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed fighting. Well, aren't you naturally ambidextrous anyway? Yeah. So it worked out pretty perfectly for me. And you, Otis. I think I'm going to go for the same thing. I think I'm going to try uh, to be ambidextrous as well. I like the idea of axes because you can break down the shield walls. You can grab and pull the shield forward and then having the other arm to attack with. I think that's that's going to be the go. Dual wielding axes, I think, would be a lot of fun. Yeah, and I that think, would be sick. Yeah. I think for myself, I am very tempted to go fashionable with the league and go hellbird. I think I, I can have a should. lot of fun. Hook around the shield, Chad. And because I'm a short arse, I'd feel like I'm contributing more to those line <laughs> fights rather than just jabby, 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 going to get your kneecaps. Yeah, that's the thing with the sword. I remember we were teaching us that in monsters training, but like you can't, if someone's got a spear, you can't get close. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Unless you can kind of get in with the she- uh, get in the spear's range. If you get can get them on your own, I reckon you yeah. can stand a chance. Look, they travel in packs. There's a you reason you get quick. seven hits. Get in there quick and then... Yeah, you've just got to be quick. As they're kind of pulling back, that's when you need to whip in and whip out again. Yeah, just quickly, did you cover the one set hit per second rule? No, that's a good one to end on. This is a really good thing. So when you're getting hit, you can only take damage from one source per second. So if two people are hitting you, you can, you can the max you can take is two damage per second. So if you run up to someone and start stabbing them and they're just wailing at you, you can only take as many hits as seconds as they've been hitting you for which is really useful to know when you're kind of trying to push up to a line, when people are panic slapping you, yeah. you're like, it's fine, I have time. Uh, get in there, do a cleave and run out. Um, just thought it's a really good rule to remember. And also remember that when you're smacking people and they're not going down, it might be because you're being a bit keen. <laughs> <laughs> true, true, true. Who's Tristan wants to see us out? Yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed. If you've got any questions, comments, uh, please get in touch with us on our social medias. Uh, Subscribe to us uh, wherever you listen to us and please uh, rate and review. We'd really appreciate it and share with your friends. Thanks very much. Bye.